Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Our guest this episode is the founder of Expo Stars Interactive, an award-winning global exhibition engagement company based in Manchester, UK. Now, since establishing the company in 2007, Lee and his team now support exhibitors in over 100 cities across 53 countries to optimize their exhibition engagement and achieve measurable results. He is also a mentor and coach for small business owners, business psychologist, a sales and communication skills trainer, and even a licensed Reiki practitioner. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Lee Ali. Lee, welcome to the show. Hey, Anders. Thanks very much for having me. All right. So I'm excited to share you with our listeners just because I've got to know you over the last number of years at the uh, uh, Exhibitor Live, which is a yeah. one of these, they say there's a trade show for everything. And that's a yeah. trade show for trade shows, right? So uh, we've got to hang out and I realized we're really singing from the song, same song sheet, if you will, right? Yeah. We, we have a lot that's of right. yeah. uh, aligned philosophies and things and you know, what you're doing at Expo Stars, I'm just so impressed with, and, and I know it's different. So um, I want to kind of talk about the stuff you're doing there, and then uh, we'll see where this takes us. Sound good? Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, good. So tell me, you know, what what is Expo Stars? I know, but I want you to kind of describe it because I think we're similar in the way that, you know, uh, at Engageify, we have infotainers, you know, and yeah. so what, what yeah. is an Expo Star? What do you do at Expo Stars? Sure. Uh, Expo Stars is a trade show performance agency. So performance being the operative word. Obviously, we have um, a hall full of exhibitors. And who are the people that make the difference? Okay, so a trade show is all about people connecting with people. So, um, and the, the, the real stars of the show are the people who take a step out and make that happen. So we call them Expo Stars, okay? They might be um, the people on the front line who are actually tasked with going and approaching the attendees, saying hello, bring them into the booth, and doing a product demonstration, uh, facilitating the uh, experience on the booth. But it's all about people. And when I set up the business uh, 15 years ago, I was thinking of an acronym uh, for the business, okay? So I thought about everything, about Expo, uh, Expo Sales, Expo, um, uh, Expo People. Uh, and then I thought, what is it that I actually want to do? And it actually turned out that I wanted to help businesses get more sales out of the exhibitions. I wanted to offer training and I wanted to give them strategies to actually get results. And the acronym, uh, S-T-A-R-S, um, so that was uh, staffing, training, and re result strategies, okay? So uh, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> see, I just think of it as, you know, you have rock stars in your booth that make the booth, you know, yeah. like, and I know you don't yeah. say rock stars, but expo yeah. stars, meaning they yeah. are the, the best people in your yeah. booth. 
right? That's the way yeah. I think of it. So Absolutely, I didn't know about yeah. that backstory. So, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about that because I mean, you and I both have experience where, you know, you can have companies and very, you know, can be very well-known companies uh, that aren't really doing things in the best way possible in, in the booth. So, um, you know, we've seen, you know, uh, booth staff that maybe just don't want to be there. They just, uh, maybe that's not their expertise. And, and so what is it do you, do you think that, that makes someone, uh, an expert let's well you have expo stars but make someone a star in the booth because what what are you looking for when you bring in these people yeah it's all about um the psychology okay and the mindset um mm. of, of that booth staffer okay so um and it, it is all about building a team um that does the specified job roles okay so we did a session at exhibit alive uh, talking all about how to select the right people uh, to do the jobs that actually matter on the trade show booth. And really, when you think about it, Anders, there's only really two jobs that you should be doing on the trade show booth. And number one is talking to people. And number two is actually finding people to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really does sum it up pretty much, right? You just want to be maximizing yeah. your time talking absolutely. with the right people, right? So yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, I, I, I'm joking there, obviously, there are many different types of jobs that you have to do at the booth. So uh, the first job is obviously, you need to have a specialist who can actually uh, approach and engage the attendees, uh, ask them questions, okay, build rapport with them, and then bring them into the booth if they are qualified, uh, suitably qualified. So that's the first job and you need a particular personality um or, you know for someone to, to do that really really well and what tends to happen is companies bring along uh, some of their uh you know internal booth staff okay some of them might be from the shop floor some of them might be engineers some of them might be coders uh, but what you can't expect is that everyone to be able to take a step out um, say hello to people because uh, what are we faced with? Rejection. Not everybody will actually want to talk to you. Okay. And there are certain personality types that actually naturally can't cope with the rejection. Even the best salespeople, all right, um, if they're of a certain communication type, if they get three or four rejections on the, uh, on the run, they're not going to be able to handle that. So they're going to be reluctant to actually mm -hmm. go out, take a step out and do more of those approaches. Yeah, what I so, find too, when, when I work with companies, Lee, is, is, you know, they can start off great. They're like, yeah. all right, rah, rah, everyone's ready to go. And then as soon as they get, you know, it's like, what's the, the line? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Like that kind yeah, of absolutely, thing. That yeah. same, same thing that it just tails off and you're like, okay, so I'm the only one doing this at this point, right? So yeah. you need the right personality type is what you're saying. Yeah. And, yeah, and that, yeah. I think there's, there's a, a certain kind of outgoingness kind of thing that would yeah. pull play into that. But then a resiliency is the absolutely, other side, yeah. which... Yeah. I don't always think about because I think about just the people who uh, want to talk to people, right? Yeah. yeah. But to be able to maintain that is so important, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So now I want I want people who are listening here, who especially on the marketing side of things, to to understand 
how deep Lee has gone with this. Cause this is one of the things that really impresses me about you and your business Lee is just yeah. like the psychology of the right people doing the right jobs. I mean, yeah. when you hire in a company, you will do yeah. a little bit of that, maybe a different, you know, personality, Absolutely, a, yeah. a, a disc, Absolutely. a Myers-Briggs yeah. or what have you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's for a permanent, you know, permanent job, full-time job, yeah. Yeah. you know, trade show is such a different environment compared yeah. to in the office, right? Or yeah. where, or working yeah. from home, wherever it is that, yes, it makes sense that you want to have experts or specialists in the yeah. roles that matter and drive business. So yeah. how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you um, find those right people, uh, Lee, uh, to, you know, to, to put in place for, for companies who need this kind of help? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, what you say is absolutely 100%. And if you think of all the best performing uh, sports teams, for example, um, they all have um, a, a suitable person for the, the, uh, for the role that they actually have to do. So if it's American football, for example, they have linebackers, they have defense, they have offense, they have offensive wide receivers or whatever the titles are. So and then in soccer, we have, you know, defenders, midfielders and um, strikers to put the ball in the back of the net. So uh, every one of these people are fully trained to be able to do the job that they do. And in a normal day-to-day -day business, you wouldn't actually want um, your uh, accounts person, okay, for example, going down on the shop floor, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, or you wouldn't want your... Um, uh, you know, your receptionist going uh, going and actually handling all the machinery uh, mm -hmm. in the manufacturing plant. Okay, so but you need special trained people for that. So, and exhibitions is exactly the same. So what we do is we look at we try to understand what job role actually needs to be done, what tasks need to be done. So we give uh, the job type. Um, the, the job role, a personality, okay? So <laughs> we use a colored system. Uh, so what we do is we look at, okay, what kind of personality uh, would really excel in that job, okay? So if it's product demonstrations, uh, we know that people need to be, um, you know, they need to have very good product knowledge, okay? So you need someone who obviously pays attention to those details. So they need to be uh, analytical as well, okay? Um, they need to have really good empathy skills and questioning skills, okay, to, to be able to create the rapport. So what we're, what we're always looking for is, right, we're asking the question, okay, what kind of personality does that task actually require? And then mm. we build a picture of, um, you know, um, the, so we build kind of a, like a hierarchy of those needs, okay? Uh, and then we go out and actually uh, look at, you know, the personality profiles. And what we do uh, when we recruit uh, all our talent um, is that we give them a, a communication style test. We use a platform called IMA, and that stands for identify, modify, and adapt. And what that basically means is if we actually identify who we are and how we communicate, we can then modify and adapt our behavior um, uh, to match the other person's personality as well. So mm -hmm. we come up with a color system. Uh, I'm a high red, for example. So I'm assertive, but I'm um, self-contained, okay? So I am a self-starter. I can kick ass, okay? I don't really... <laughs> um, 
really care. Uh, not in a, I mean, not in the wrong way, but um, uh, I would actually look at the bottom line in terms of the results. Okay, so a really good example is this. Okay, have you ever uh, talked to someone uh, in your sales capacity and uh, they take forever to make decisions? Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. So they they're the type of people who are very analytical okay they need time to make decisions okay they need to analyze all the information that they actually have in front of them okay look at all the finer details before they actually commit to anything okay and if those kind of people when they get pushed for a decision they kind of go whoa um yeah, leave me alone for a bit. I'm not in my comfort zone and I don't want to be pushed, okay? So those are the type of people, what we call high greens, okay? They are analytical, okay? They are self-contained. They, While they're absolutely brilliant at the jobs that they do, they, they have to pay a lot of detail and they want to make an informed decision, okay? Whereas I'm a high red and what I do is, all I want to know is how much is it going to cost? Um, what's it going to do for me? And mm -hmm. when can you do it? Okay, if you can answer yeah. those questions, you've got the deal. <laughs> right, more of a straight shooter kind of thing and, and straight Absol in that way. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's very important to actually understand what color the tasks, okay, um, uh, uh, that need to be done, what color kind of person you actually need, okay? So, uh, and the best person in terms of the engagement is someone who's assertive and who's very open and very feels very comfortable with developing relationships with other people. So another mm -hmm. situation is if you uh, go into a networking environment, for example, um, there are people in the corner with a cup of coffee and they're really afraid. They're, they're in their little corner. Sure. And Wallflower, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they feel uncomfortable actually approaching people. And then you get someone who walks in and they have immediate presence, okay? Uh, they lock eye contact with people and they go forward and actually approach them straight away, put their hand out and say, hi, how are you doing, okay? Those are what you call high yellows, okay? And they are the kind of people who are natural at feeling comfortable, at wanting to be the star of the show, okay? They love attention. And they're the kind of people who are natural actors and actresses as well, okay? So, um, so these are the kind of things that we actually look at when we actually look at, you know, bringing people on and actually implement, implementing them into um, a booth team. Right. So, so from what you're saying, I'm going to guess that the people yeah. on the perimeter, on the outside of the booth, who are stopping yeah. traffic and engaging... Yeah. They're going to be high yellows is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then let's say that you supplied other people for a product yeah. demonstration. Now, I can't yeah. remember what color you said that would be, but that would be a different role. So a different type of person. Is, is that right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Let me put a caveat in that as well. Okay. And that there's another uh, uh, consideration that you have to make, and that is your target audience and you have to mm. understand how they communicate as well so for example i just gave you the example of the high green who takes forever to make decisions who wants a lot of detail so if you're dealing with it managers for example um, they will be analytical and they will actually want those details so you want your product demonstrator to be able to uh, have all of that information to hand and be able to give and provide that information okay
So, and at the same time, also be able to ask questions uh, uh, to the other person. And the other great thing is, if you know your target audience color, um, uh, one of the best things is that people of the same color type are, they build natural rapport. They really get on with each other because you know, they understand the, each other. Right. Well, and, and that reminds me of, uh, you know, I have a mass practitioner in NLP and there's yep. this story of, of when the, you know, the, the founders of, of NLP where they didn't experiment, where people had come in and they figured out what kind of, you know, were they visual, were they auditory yep. or kinesthetic yep. and they gave them a little different colored yep. sticker on their, yep. you know, on their shirt and they had all these people mingling. And they said, yeah. okay, only talk to people with the same color. And then yeah. the sound of the, like the talking and the energy just went up in the room because everyone Absolutely. was getting yeah. each other, right? So it's the yeah. same yeah. kind of idea here is that you've got the same personality types meshing and building that natural yeah. rapport because yeah. you have the right people in the right positions, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Right Absolutely, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And the two key That's things, for, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the two key things that we need to consider is, uh, your target audience. So whenever you do your booth strategy uh, or you put an experience together, you need to understand uh, how does your target audience communicate, okay? And if you put on a really fancy experience, but it's not your target audience doesn't like the bright lights and stuff like that, then mm -hmm. that's gonna be a complete mismatch and you're gonna turn off your target audience altogether, okay? And how many times have we seen that on the trade show floor? <laughs> yeah, 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 just a misread. So let's kind of talk about this, this you know, the matching and, and optimizing the experience, because yeah. I know yeah. we've talked about this and I wanna kind of tee this up for you, is there's, in, in online marketing, you have search engine optimization, yeah, and and in event marketing, you have what what is what is your take on this, and how do you help companies with this? Yeah, sure. We so we came up with a process called TEO, Trade Show Engagement Optimization, um, and the whole idea behind it is that the digital world has SEO, search engine optimization, but if you really look at it very closely. Okay, the two principles, uh, digital marketing and live marketing are exactly the same, okay? So in digital marketing, you have your website and then you have your Google traffic, okay? And then on this, in the same instance, uh, at a trade show or at a live marketing event, you have your, um, your stand, okay? Uh, or it could be your little outlet uh, that you have or a little island that you actually have. So, and then obviously you have the hall where you actually have all of the attendees. Um, so the principles are exactly the same, okay? So you, uh, companies are spending thousands and you know tens of thousands, if not millions of pounds, optimizing that Google uh, um, um, analytics and trying to get you know the key, the right keywords and uh, the right journey on the website, and they measure every little detail, but. Why don't we do that in the world of live marketing, right? <laughs> well, it, it boggles the, the mind because when you think of, well, I mean, the data is there, right? And they can see yeah, it and they can yeah. play with it and they play with it. Yeah. And yet yeah. we know that people are just kind of clicking around. It's not the same as having someone in front of you, right? Like the yeah. power of building a relationship in person yeah. is just so yeah. much stronger for, for business development. Absolutely. And yet we yeah. don't think of that. And well, you have. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, go on. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is we look at the five core pillars that actually make a really good TEO strategy. Okay. And then the first one is obviously looking at your uh, trade show strategy, your exhibiting strategy. Okay. And how that actually aligns with your business growth goals. Okay. So uh, for example, uh, if you have in SEO, um, you have the same, okay, you, uh, you look at your, uh, your business, okay, and you have a business growth plan, and then obviously part of that business growth plan is obviously to, um, you know, get more customers through, uh, you know, Google Ads or, um, you know, search engine um, traffic or anything like that, so, and we do the same, so we look at um, you know, think, asking questions like, why are you exhibiting, okay? And how does that actually align with your business growth strategy, okay? So, um, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies that we work with are exhibiting because they've always exhibited at the same show for the past 30, 40 years. And they yeah. think that um, they need to be present at that trade show. Otherwise, what will the industry think about them? And there's this external pressure that they're actually feeling. But when you actually really, you know, question deeply, uh, there's been many times where we've actually said, well, you don't actually need to go and exhibit at that show because um, there's no point because you're not actually getting the results that you actually want. And it's just a, uh, a false um, uh, economic situation for you because in your head, you're thinking, okay, we yeah. definitely, we always have to do this exhibit. But when you look at it deeply, you don't actually need to, you could actually easily yeah. uh, do your own events to actually entertain your clients, okay? And uh, a lot of um, exhibitors' goals um, are that they've got to go and meet their clients at this exhibition, okay? And my question is, why would you actually invite all of your um, clients and actually put them in front of your competitors? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so you're breaking up some interesting points there. And one of them is that conspicuous by absence, which is the yeah. term I've heard, yeah. right? Where Absolutely, you go yeah. to a show because you feel obligated yeah. to go to the show. Yeah. And of yeah. course, you know, the show management or the, the show organizers want you to sign up for the next year while you're still yeah. in the current year. There's that happening. Um, but yeah, you, what you're kind of drilling down is if you're not getting results from yeah. that actual show, then yeah. this conspicuous by absence is kind of null and void like no one cares because Absol you're not absolutely yeah your client yeah. your prospects prospects or prospective clients are not really there yeah. anyways yeah. so um, yeah it's yeah. good to take a step back and look at that overall strategy just because sometimes it is just this we got you know the ceo we got to be at yeah. this show right or whatever yeah. but absolutely really yeah. looking at the underlying absolutely. yeah uh, yeah piece. absolutely yeah. and the other core question is um are there any other shows out there that could be really useful? Because sometimes your target, uh, the question to ask is, where does your target audience actually hang out? <laughs> okay. And it may not be the industry show. I mean, just look at uh, Exhibit Alive, for example. Um, we know that uh, a lot of corporate marketers actually attend those, uh, attend Exhibit Alive. But where else do they actually go? All right. So, and it's really a question of uh, investing in the right show with the right target audience and then actually measuring that uh, moving forward before you commit to another mm -hmm. show. The, the second pillar that we look at is uh, your customer journey, your prospective customer journey. Okay. Uh, and that's actually designing, looking at 
when you're actually uh, at the show, well, before the show as well, is what does the journey look like for your target audience before, during, and after the event? Okay. And then actually planning that um, all the way through. Okay. So in terms of look, having a strategy for pre-show, okay, in terms of reaching out to the people that you actually want to meet at the event, and then looking at the journey during the event in terms of how are you going to say hello to them? How are you going to bring them into the booth to uh, demonstrate your products and services and build that trust and credibility for your company? And then how are you going to set up the follow-up process as well, all right? And then obviously you've got the whole strategy about the follow-up process, okay? Um, and, you know, and it's amazing that a lot of companies get that completely wrong or don't even plan for it, okay? So that's mm -hmm. the second pillar that we talk about. The third pillar is all about your team. Uh, that you have on the booth uh, in terms of what skills they have, how you actually motivate them, and what job roles you actually allocate them. The fourth element is obviously your metrics and um, your key performance indicators in terms of looking at how we are actually going to define whether we were successful at the show or not. Okay, And it doesn't always boil down to the number of sales leads that you've collected. Okay, it can be, you know, one of many different things. Um, and um, lastly, uh, and most importantly, is the follow-up process. Um, and actually having a strategy, a clear strategy in terms of how you're going to take um, the, your prospect from saying goodbye on the booth all the way to signing on the dotted line, okay? And mm -hmm. there's a whole uh, science and strategy behind that as well. So those are the five pillars of the TEO process. And um, we run um, that, uh, um, we have an audit system that we go and work with our companies with where we get all of the stakeholders, uh, like the executive team, the sales and marketing teams, the operations as well. And we really, drill deep into uh, no that exhibiting uh, process. Yeah, that's so comprehensive when you when you yeah. go through the five pillars and, and I almost was getting tired because of the amount of work that sounds like, right? Like yeah, for companies yeah. to, you know, undertake yeah. that, but to have someone guide them through it and to make yeah. optimize each pillar is, is, is yeah. so critical. Yeah. Now you were yeah. talking about the follow-up process there, Lee, and you know, the, the dirty secret in the, you know, exhibiting industry uh, was that 75 to 80% of leads are never followed up on. Now, I don't yeah. know if that's still true, but that is like a little, you know, a little stat that has just kind of been passed down from the ages. What, what do you think uh, the reality is these days? Do you find that? Or do you think nowadays because of uh, just uh, Salesforce CRMs and automations were, were better Absolutely. on that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I did some research into that statistic, actually, and it's a myth. Okay. okay. So, uh, yeah, I scoured through all of the research on uh, the CIR um, mm -hmm. uh, platform, uh, and I asked a lot of questions uh, to uh, anyone who's done any research about this, um, and there is no uh, validated um, uh, statistics on that. But um, according to my own research, um, what I tend to see is that 70 to 75% of leads are not followed up beyond the first email, okay? Ah. So every, everybody has some fantastic platforms. They have some uh, great software, okay, that creates like, the immediate follow-up, okay? 
But as you know, uh, Anders, uh, sales take anything between five to 15 touch points, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you have a follow-up process that uh, you only follow up, uh, you send out an email to everyone and then you wait for them to actually respond, it doesn't, it doesn't work, okay? So, uh, uh, and, and then what we look at is, you know, segmenting those leads as well. And what I found in my experience that a lot of exhibitors that we work with, the take home, uh, a bunch of cards, okay, here, okay, here's some, I've got Oh, some. wow. <laughs> That's my networking this year. <laughs> oh, man. Right, okay, so what happens is, uh, um, you know, if they have a sales team, they'll allocate the sales leads to each person, they'll collect the name, uh, company name, mobile number, what they need, and then they'll go through a ring each person, but what they don't do is actually segment by the level of interest. Um, uh, so um, the strategy there that I would like to recommend without giving too much away is looking at uh, defining, right, who's the marketing um, lead where you can actually send them frequent information to them uh, in terms of like people who are not ready to buy yet. Uh, and then there's the sales qualified leads who actually have an immediate need or they have a project coming up uh, where they actually want to talk to you, okay? Mm -hmm. um, or there might be like a partnership lead where uh, you've got a fellow company that wants to look at some kind of collaboration um, on, on projects as well. So, so what you do then is you segment them and guess what happens? Because, and then um, once you've actually segmented them, you give priority to the sales qualified leads, okay? They get the attention a lot faster, uh, whereas if I'm actually going through these leads from top to bottom in terms of my follow-up, mm -hmm. um, the best opportunities might be at the bottom. And by the time I get there, uh, I might have missed them. The opportunity right. might have gone, right? Yeah, and, and the marketing ones that aren't really MQLs and aren't ready, they need to be nurtured yeah. along and, and won over. So that makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Now, the whole segmenting of leads, like it's a funny thing. And, and because I'm working with our clients in, in different booths and, I've seen this happen where we're like, okay, guys, we're just going for qualified leads this year. Like yeah, yeah, needs to be yeah, ICP, yeah. ideal customer profile, yeah. like yeah. right on. And yeah. then what ends up happening is you get into like day two, halfway through day two, or maybe <laughs> towards the end of day two. And they just know their metrics are going to be, look so horrible because yeah. they're comparing to other years, which is a completely yeah. different strategy, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then they just like open the floodgates. They're like, okay, scan everybody and anybody. Like it just, and then yeah. it's like, okay, but yeah. it's tough. And I saw, I saw something on LinkedIn the other day and they were just saying, don't measure leads at trade shows, measure, you know, meetings or measure demos or whatever. But yeah. it's kind of like, you got to make so many phone calls to get in touch with so many people to then yeah. set up so many meetings. And, you know, you, there's all the, the cascade yeah. of these yeah, activities. Yeah. So leads yeah. is still pertinent it's still important yeah. and relevant yeah. um yeah. but the but the idea of that you know sticking to their guns is something that can be tough for some companies yeah. right absolutely so, yeah 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 and i think it probably starts at the top though just the kind of the, the leadership side of things that you know deciding yeah. how you're going to do it and sticking with strategy and again probably in right one in one of those pillars that you mentioned before in your, absolutely, your team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is, it is a false economy because, um, you know, having been in sales for the past 30 years, and if I was to ask you as a question, would you rather have 
500 batch scans or would you rather have 20 bonafide qualified people that you know that you've got a 50% chance of doing business with? Yeah. 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 And if you work out your average sales order, okay. Um, so if it's uh, your, uh, your, your customer value over 12 months, this is what I, this is the metric that I like to use. Okay. So okay. I know how much my average customer spends with, uh, spends with me per year. All right. So if I go into a show and I get 20 really good leads, what I can do then is say, right, the value um, of um, that trade show to me, if I get 20 uh, really good leads uh, and that I know that they're viable prospects, um, then I can just, for example, um, if it's $5,000 that a customer spends with me over 12 months, five times 20 that I know that um, I've got a prospective pipeline value of $100,000, uh, mm -hmm. okay, from that trade show. And if I've spent fifteen dollars to $20,000 uh, on the exhibiting process, I know that I've had a pretty good show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what I'm not doing is saying I might have got, you know, 300 bike scans, okay? But that's not what I should be measuring my success on. What I'm looking at is the pipeline value that I've actually built up. Right. But it took 300 badge scans to maybe get those 20. No, qualified. no, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't. Well, it what doesn't I'm because... saying, though, is, is, is it, <laughs> the, 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 the quality can be in the quantity yeah. is what I'm saying, yeah. right? That sometimes yeah. the funnel has to happen like that. But yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, you could meet 20 people and they're all or meet more than that, but yeah. find 20. But yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, there there is kind of. When we talk with companies, you know, about doing our infotainment, putting the crowds of people in the booth, yeah. the, yeah. the quality of leads is something that always comes up. And it's yeah. kind of the idea that you want to go fishing with a net as opposed to fishing with a rod and reel. Because if you're just yeah. fishing with a rod and reel, you got to wait for the really qualified ones to come. But yeah. what we yeah. do is get everybody, but then you just throw the, I always say, throw the dolphins back and keep the tuna or what, I don't know what, oh yeah, well, you, you mentioned Absolutely, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a vegetarian, you don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, so that, that, yeah, that quality and measuring the right things is so important too, right? And what is the business, yeah. you know, yeah. in your business? Yeah, now, and it, it also depends what kind of business you are, of course. Yeah. I mean, if you've got multi-million pound budgets uh, to spend on your live marketing, then uh, yeah, it's absolutely fine to collect all of that data. Uh, but if you're a small business with a three by three booth, for example, then you don't actually have the resources to go and actually follow up the 300 leads. Okay? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, why not make effective use of your time after the event and just focus on uh, yeah. the people that you've really uh, resonated with uh, and who actually have uh, a pressing need for your business. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, before I let you go, I, I do want to touch on one other thing that you, you do that, uh, and I'm fascinated by this because it, it is kind of a bit of a, I think it's a foreign idea to a lot of people is the idea of remote exhibiting. Oh, Can yeah. you tell us what yeah. remote exhibiting is and, and how companies were using that? Maybe, yeah, different examples of where that might be appropriate. Yeah, sure. Uh, remote exhibiting really came out of the pandemic uh, because uh, when the pandemic came, we had a number of clients uh, who had uh, the, booth uh, the, the booth space booked, but they couldn't travel. Um, uh, but the show was still going ahead. Okay, so a lot of companies put travel bans in place 
Um, so what we decided was uh, to come up with a concept of remote exhibiting where we would actually man the booth with our professionals, okay, and support the client where uh, they could actually still be at home, okay. Um, uh, the booth would be set up uh, by the exhibit house or if they're in a pavilion or something like that, that would already be done. And then what we would do is actually train our teams in the products and services of that company and actually have them on the booth, okay? So, and the beauty of that is that you've got the right people to uh, engage people, okay? To bring them into the booth, okay? Um, give them a high level presentation, okay? Um, and then also uh, there were some uh, clients that what we did, they actually made people available uh, on a Zoom call, okay? Where they mm. could actually immediately uh, answer their sales um, and pro uh, product questions as well. Okay, so you can actually remote exhibiting can be uh, a full remote exhibit where you, you don't send anyone, you just rely on external uh, teams like ours to actually do the whole process for you. Or it can be a combination of both. So where you can actually send your executive team um, and uh, you can have a combination of specialists like um, uh, like a product demonstrator or a an engager, okay, to bring people into the booth and collect the leads, uh, and then your product specialist or your executive team can actually um, have meetings with the people who have actually expressed interest uh, in terms of learning more about the business. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the great thing about remote exhibiting is that if you wanted to do a combination, uh, you don't actually have to take all of your team and fly them halfway around the world. Uh, so um, that saves a lot of money. And in terms of, um, you know, we look at uh, all of the sustainability, like the carbon footprint and everything else. Right. Um, and, and that is a great way to actually reduce your carbon footprint. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, well, I wasn't thinking environmental, I mean, you just yeah. mentioned that, but, yeah. but the cost savings, for flying this whole team and, and, and going there and doing all of that where, and in some ways, and we've already covered this, but some of those people might not be the best fit for that job at the trade show anyway. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so not only are you going to be getting better results by having the right people in the right jobs, but you're saving money and, and saving the environment. So there's some real advantages to, to doing this remote exhibiting. Once you kind of get over the hump of it can be done. Right. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people yeah. can't yeah. imagine non-company people representing the company. But I imagine, Lee, that you have a lot of processes in place so that the, those engagers and product demonstrators do represent the company in, in the best light possible and are knowledgeable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we uh, take a lot of time and care to ensure that they understand the uh, company's uh, offers and the products and services that they're doing. Uh, we train them in terms of looking at who the target audience is in terms of who they should be qualifying. We look at the engaging questions um, and you know, we look at you know, uh, the whole journey from saying hello to uh, collecting the sales leads and actually setting up the uh, follow-up process. So uh, yeah, so we actually follow the TUR process for, our, uh, for ourselves, okay? With our clients when we actually uh, do the activation for the client. So, uh, and you know, many a time when we have actually done a remote, active, uh, a remote uh, exhibiting activation, 
uh, what we found that the results uh, compared to uh, what the company was actually producing before, they were actually no different. In some cases, they were actually even better. Yeah. So, so they got better ROI because they had fewer expenses yeah. and yeah. And they're there and and they save the planet at the same time. Or try Absolute, you know do yeah. some saving of the planet. I can't <laughs> save the entire planet with just by doing that. Uh, so Lee, thank you so much for coming on here because there's so many things going on. You know, for um, you know people who are doing event marketing, wanting to create engagement. You know, at their booth, right? Just knowing that there were ways that you might be shooting yourself in the foot, and you can do trick show. Yeah you know, uh, optimization for, for yourself. So, um, you know, uh, before we let you go, where can people reach out and, and get in touch with you? What's the best way? Uh, best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Lee Ali, um, so they should, you should be able to find me some quite, um, uh, you know, quite popular on there. do a lot of regular posts. Uh, they can find us on our website, www.expostars.com. Uh, and they can email me directly, Lee at expostars.com as well. Beautiful. Or they might see they might see me at an airport lounge somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do your chair traveling. For sure. That's good. Well, thank you, Lee, for being on here. I, I really appreciate your time and sharing uh, what it is that you do. Thank you for having me, Anders. It was a blast. All right. Well, until next time, everybody, stay engaged. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and stay engaged.